Chapter 5, Speaking the Truth. In this chapter, I want to focus on how our history with feelings affects our ability to speak truth or follow the truth as we know it. Are you aware of how, for example, your feelings or potential emotional reactions inhibit you from being completely honest? How many times have you not said something truthful because you didn't want to hurt another person's feelings? Many times there's an emotional reason not to be honest. So, we have to wonder, how much of what we're doing with other people is authentic? If we can look at ourselves objectively, we'll find this behavior pattern in our repertoire, and we'll notice that we overuse it much of the time. As a result, we find ourselves in a compromised state outside of our highest good. We value the potential emotional reaction of another person more than we value our deepest truth, a truth that will, if we honor it, bring us into a greater alignment with the eternal truths of life, one of which we've already mentioned, all life is good no matter what. Yet, we continue to put another person's emotional approval ahead of our purpose, which is allowing yourself to come into divine order with life and therefore with God. We bow to give allegiance to a subjective reaction instead of an objective, intuitive truth. It's critical that harmony with the order of life comes first. Harmony means we tell the truth. We must primarily obligate ourselves to our relationship with life. We must put life first because we have an eternal relationship with life. Instead, we continually react to what others might think, say, or do by becoming dishonest. Our dishonesty creates a false sense of fragile peace that we hope will last, at least a moment longer, and we cling to the hope that nothing will disturb that fragile peace. But peace based on lies will not last, yet we lie anyway. Eventually, despite our dishonest attempts at peace, the relationship and the fragile peace spiral into dysfunction. Then, we begin to fear and dread a relationship's ending, even if there are no signs of it ending, because that's what has always happened. We remember the pattern. Inevitably, the best thing is to tell the truth and let what's going to happen, happen. Allow a true resolution to be reached. Then you'll be in harmony with life, though it might not feel like it. This may sound a bit dramatic, but it's not overstated. I assure you, I see people gambling with their peace every day because of their addiction to external approval and their willingness to bet on it again and again. We are here to tell each other the truth from our deepest space of knowing, and to practice living life in a way that unveils that truth so we can share it with others. Someone may disagree with you and react to what you say, but if your deepest intention is to connect to the intuitive truth within you and to be unconditionally loving, accepting, and compassionate to all beings, then you need fear nothing. With this intention, you can be truthful to the best of your ability for yourself and for others. Believe me, people are not only looking for the truth, They are also looking to be healed by it. By telling the truth, you validate another's truth. In turn, you allow them to share truth with others, multiplying the effect of truth within the field of life. This is life's deepest intention. At times, there's no way to tell the truth without hurting someone's feelings. When we don't tell the truth just to save someone from an unpleasant feeling, not only do we lose our relationship with life, but we also lose our integrity with the person we're dealing with because they are seeing us as an enabler of their own dishonesty. When we don't tell others the truth, we impede their highest good and we lose our connection with life itself, which counts on our integrity. Life doesn't lie to us. It's always been telling us the truth. So why shouldn't the truth be a point at which we all start? If we are able to see the truth in life, why shouldn't we say it to another person? One example is death. 
where there's an exception of grieving and sadness. It's such an emotionally vulnerable situation. It is very difficult to tell the truth. Why? Because people are emotionally distraught. And there's an unconscious pattern in all of us that if someone is already emotionally upset, we don't want to say anything that's going to make it worse. I love that. Make it worse. We assume that the emotional space the person is in is bad because they're experiencing this situation and they're feeling grief. So now we've labeled that emotion experience as bad and the result as grief. Now there is tension between people who think there's something wrong with you if you are not sad and not grieving. This is a perfect example of a situation in which we are too afraid to speak the truth as we know it. Even if you know that it was a long, drawn-out death that zapped the family of energy and strength, you still tell them, I'm so sorry for your loss. Instead of the more honest and truthful, I'm glad his suffering and your suffering is over. You aren't honest because you don't want to make it worse than it already is. The next time you're at a funeral, reflect on the truth of the situation. Rather than automatically saying something innocuous that won't upset anyone, tell the truth as you know it. Thank God he finally passed. His illness was putting such an emotional and physical strain on the family, and his quality of life was never going to return. I'm happy for everyone involved. I am one who loves death and sees it as a part of life, as a birth to the other side. It's a transition point into a future life in another form. If I'm stuck being obedient to emotions that are prescribed, I'll never allow myself to know and be that truth without feeling bad that I know it. Let's stay committed to the reality of life, which is that we will experience death an infinite number of times. You may feel an immediate resistance to that truth because we all have a level of ignorance that allows us to believe we we still have a choice where death is concerned. But the statement is true. Become a student of life and find this truth for yourself. Life doesn't lie about death, because death is an inevitable part of the cycle. When we lose our integrity by defaulting into habituated, emotional response about death without giving real reflection to the truth, we enable that person to continue to deny that death is not a part of the cycle of life, as if it is something altogether awful that has happened to a certain individual. By not telling the truth, we set people up for more suffering in the future. Of course, a person's emotional response is never wrong because it is always based on his or her current level of consciousness. Yet, if we don't speak the truth from a loving, peaceful place while respecting a person's emotional state and telling the truth, we don't do them any service. There is always room for a drop of truth, a word, a phrase. In one sense, we tell people the truth and we say, he is in a better place, his suffering is over. But we are so cautious about how we say it. We don't want to say the wrong thing. The compassionate thing to do when you're at a wake or talking to someone who has lost a loved one to death is to remember what it was like when you were deeply affected by death and how you were governed by your emotions. Have compassion for where people are, but at the same time, don't fear telling the truth. Compassion and honesty do not conflict. You are not judging their situation. You are telling them the truth. I can understand how much you must miss him. I can understand what a shock this is. He was only 30 years old. It must be so hard to understand how these things happen. These moments in life are so far beyond our comprehension. We'll never understand why these things happen. We'll never make a whole lot of sense of this because we really don't understand the eternity of life. Each of the things I just said, I have said to people, are compassionate, but full of truth and honesty. 
With this kind of honesty, we can release a mother, a father, son, or daughter from trying to understand why a loved one is moved on. We release the grieving person from blaming life, from creating a conflict between herself or himself and life itself. And the truth is, we will never know why. Through such a compassionate and truthful way of speaking, you can release a person from some, if not all, of that suffering. We hang on to emotions out of habit. You may still feel grief and loss if you still believe something has happened to you or someone you love. Yet, you can still learn about life from the emotional processes of grief and loss, for example. It's true that such emotions have purpose. They help us to evolve to a higher level of consciousness. A particular situation, such as death, was created for the evolution of all, for the evolution of consciousness. So, although such emotions will continue, they are a response to a part of life that has happened. As I've said, you will still choose to rely on emotions until you don't. Once we're done with experiencing life with our emotions, we still see emotions in others. But, remember, there are an infinite number of experiences before our consciousness can grow into a place of peace with life and peace with the necessary part death plays. Then, the choice around relying on emotions no longer exists. If you haven't reached that place of peace with life and death, allow yourself to view grief as beautiful until you know the truth about emotions and reach that space of peace. Grief is not going anywhere, just like death. So it doesn't have to be a part of your experience in the same way as it has been in the past. And grief doesn't have to stop you from being truthful. I've given you an intuitive interpretation of the emotional expressions of grief and loss. Doesn't the intuitive way make a lot more sense than judging the expression of an emotion and then compromising your truth by saying and doing what you've always said and done because you fear the judgment of others? You can always continue to learn the hard way, if you must. But if you speak your truth from a place of love and compassion, no matter what others may think, say, or do, you will come to love and accept the truth. You will come to peace with death and loss and grief in such a way that you can share that peace with everyone you meet. By speaking the truth, we are also telling someone who is grieving a death this, you are still in the field of life. There are people around you who love you. It is in the highest good to experience this death, move through it, and get back to life, to loving people, and to the things that bring you joy. When you speak this way, you are releasing this person from trying to figure it out, from feeling that he or she has to respond emotionally in an habituated way. My grandmother passed in her sleep, but before she died, she said, On the day I die, the birds will still be singing, the sun will still be shining, and life will be continuing on. Her death was completely non-eventful. Life will go on. That is consciousness. That is someone who is not denying anything. You can apply these basic principles that I've applied to death and loss to any situation. Here's another. I know it is difficult to appreciate why your husband left you. Relationships are always changing forms. I know it is difficult to understand why these things happen. There is not a lot of sense to this, and we don't understand. We must accept when relationships change form, release the emotions, and get back into a loving relationship with life. We just don't know. By being compassionate and truthful, you're not enabling someone to become emotionally stagnant. You are inducing them to move forward, which we all know in our heart is something we need to do. Yet we often become afraid of being and living our truth. What will people think if I'm not heartbroken, if I move forward too soon? No matter what the space you're in, no matter what situation, life is not going to stop. Life will keep moving on. This is reality. Life will go on and on and on. 
We need to practice with each experience. We need to be the student and learn. So practice. Again, when we don't know the freedom of telling the truth about life, we get into hoping that we say the right thing, which is usually not the truthful thing. We know dishonesty usually doesn't work, but we gamble on it over and over again. You cannot be the truth and speak the truth with consistency if you are going to decide the question based on your own or another's feelings. Get past the inevitability of feelings, come to peace with the fact that you and others will continue to have feelings, and decide, despite feelings, to be intuitively connected with the truth. While others like you for being truth and speaking truth, you may not always be embraced and supported by those around you. People will expect you to exhibit specific feelings in certain situations. As you move into this higher space of intuition, as you move into this higher space of intuition, you are no longer as reactive. You are going to confront some unusual reactions from other people. The choice is between an emotional response and the responsibility to be honest based on intuitive knowing. Be and live and speak truth anyway. Experiences like death and loss will never stop happening. We tend to believe that death and the emotions surrounding it will happen a limited number of times. The emotions are so painful that we don't want them to happen again. Yet, every experience will happen an infinite number of times, either to us or someone we know. In reality, we are all one, and if something happens to you, it happens to me, and it happens to everyone. This is the truth of every possible experience. All possible experiences will continue to happen, and they happen to all of us because we are all one. Each experience will be an infinite presence forever. Finally, you get it. It's not all about you. It's all about life. When you get this truth, when you see someone going through a necessary emotional experience, You don't withdraw the truth from that person because you don't see them going through a bad or hurtful emotional experience because you know the truth that there is no bad emotional experiences. Therefore, you don't have to fix them. You don't have that burden of needing to help them or feel you have to make the situation better. The situation is fine and appropriate for their current space of consciousness. Whatever it is, their experience is necessary in ways you may or may not understand. So, you are no longer judging them in their moment of emotional expression. Instead, intuitively, you are embracing and unconditionally loving that particular moment of life as it presents itself, either directly or indirectly, in your life. You see it as a beautiful step towards higher consciousness. You are there with the experience, and you learn from it, surrendering into it from as great a space of love and peace as you can.